Welcome to the Citizens Youth Podcast. Citizens Youth is a ministry of Northwest Gospel Church in Vancouver, Washington. Citizens is a community of students who are learning to live for Jesus. We meet every Wednesday at 7 p.m. To find out more, visit us online at nwgospel.com forward slash citizens. I feel the need to say good morning, but it's not morning, is it? It's just, it's too bright outside. Oh man. Greetings, citizens of the citizens community. How are you all? I almost said y'all, because I saw Danae. What? Guys, yesterday, I was sleeping, like you do when you go to bed at night. And then the morning comes, you know? That thing that happens every morning. And... Before I opened my two eyes that are in the front of my face, I heard a sound. Do you know what sound I heard? I heard a tweedly tweet. Tweet, 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 tweet. Do you know what that means? Spring is coming. Anybody ready to be out of the winter? Amen. It's been cold and soggy and sad. How many of you have been soggy and sad? I'm ready for spring for the little birds to make little birds. It'll be good. It was warm today too. Did anybody notice that? I only wore one layer. What? It's amazing. My office is an icebox, which if you're British, that means a freezer, by the way. Sorry. (laughs) All right. Guys, I'm so excited to be here with you. I am also very excited for next weekend because an escape room is happening. I'm a little jazzed about that. It's going to be super fun. All right, tell me if you've heard this phrase before. Are you ready? The phrase is, dress for the job you want. Anybody heard that phrase before? Nobody? Because none of you have jobs. Just kidding. (laughs) Some of you have jobs. The grown-ups have jobs. <laughs> Dress for the job you want. What does that mean? What does that phrase mean? What does it mean to dress for the job you want? Nobody knows. Jonah. Oh, it's, it's to present yourself in a way that you want to be. Like, like you know, if you, if you want to do something, you have to make yourself look the part. Yes. You have to look the part. You have to look like you want it, right? So if you're doing high school or I don't know if they do this in middle school, but they do like um, like resume training. Anybody do resume? You have to build a resume in high school. And then you, (laughs) Lila's doing resume training. You read people's resumes. Yeah, she does. You want your resume? Excellent. Take it to Lila. Um, Or uh, they do resume trainings. And then anybody been in a mock interview? High schoolers, anybody been in a mock interview? Yes. Or or non-high schoolers. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay, Joe. Right, so it's, it's this idea of you go into an interview, you want to look professional, you want to dress like you want the job, right? And believe it or not, um, you all dress apart every single day. I guarantee you there are things in your closet that you would say, I am not wearing that to school. Anybody? Like, I, I would rather die than wear that to school, right? Whatever that is. Some of you, it could be your pajamas. Some of you could be like normal clothes. Like (laughs) you just, there's a certain part that you are filling at school 
And you have to dress the part. You have to dress the part. You have to dress like you mean it. Um, back in the day, when I was a wee lass, um, <laughs> uh, Sarah's gonna be, or Sam's gonna be my giggler. I'm excited. Um, uh, it, summer, summer exists. Anybody ready for summer? Yeah, so do you remember like summer before you were like, had anything to do and it just seemed to drag on for forever? And it's like, you've done everything. You've jumped on the trampoline, you've had a water fight, you've ran down to the local Safeway and back and it's still only 10 a.m. and you're like, how did this happen? Right, so uh, back, in the, back in my day, um, we, there was only a few channels on TV, but one of the channels I always watched and they always had a marathon of was this show, which maybe you've never heard of before because I'm getting old, is What Not to Wear? Small gasps. What Not to Wear, okay? So the whole premise of What Not to Wear is like people, like people's friends stalk them with video cameras because they dress so horribly. Like, how offensive. Like, Olivia, why do you have a camera on me? She's like, you just dress awful and I want to take a picture of it. I'm like, thank you. Right, so people's friends follow them around because they dress so horribly and then they submit it to this show because they want them to dress like their age or like their job. You've got lawyers wearing like sweatpants to work and you're like, that doesn't, you're not dressing the part. That doesn't work. You can't wear sweatpants. And so they give them this, this show host, uh, Clint and Stacy, very stylish people. Um, they give the, the, the contestant or the person or the terribly dressed human being $5,000 to go buy new clothes, which by the way, they buy like $300 pants. I'm like, you got $5,000? You can still buy cheap and look nice, okay? Anyway, so they dress them up because they have to look apart. There are certain jobs that require certain outfits. So tonight, I have spent all week hunting down professionals in the workplace and other places who would like to present to you the proper outfit to wear for their jobs. Would you please come forward, all of you wearing occupational outfits? Yes. Come stand up front, stand up front so everyone can see you. The social worker. <laughs> yes. 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 Okay, look at this. All right. All of these people are wearing outfits. Can you guess all of them? I dare you to guess all of them. Just kidding. I'm not going to do this. <laughs> all right. So you're like, who's the lady in the black? We'll get to her. <laughs> all right. So over here, we have our sporty girls. Cassie Peterson is repping the volleyball team. Woo. Any volleyball players? Yes. She's got her knee thingies? What are those called? <laughs> I play sports. <laughs> she has her knee pads. She's ready to go. Our, my professional soccer player here, she's got cleats. You played a game this weekend, didn't you? Both of you did. You're just, you're there. And we have our very professional flight attendant. She will serve you ginger ale and those biscotti snacks thingies. What are those things called? Biscoff? So good. I love them. We have an actual legitimate scientist. She... She really, she really does science for a living. I do. It's amazing. Like chemistry and stuff, she's smarter than me. We have a doctor. Yes, yes, she's wearing her scrubs today. We have a businesswoman or a social worker apparently. Yes, she looks like she's a CEO. All right, then we have Sam the gardener. 
Yes! Yes, she makes flowers sing. I don't know if flowers can sing. We have Keaton. She's a photographer. Yes, she uh, actually takes photos and does cool things with them. It's real, for sure. I don't actually know if you garden. I do. She does, okay. And then at the very end, because I needed one that fit, you have the one and only Sith Lord in the room. Yes. Simone is our Sith. You have a legit lightsaber. That is massive. Ooh. Come to the escape room. She'll chop your head off. What? Just kidding. Maybe. I don't know. All right. So all of these people have to wear a particular outfit for their job, right? And they, they need it. It's, it. It would be inappropriate to wear, to mix some of these up, right? Like what if, like what if we mix these two up? <laughs> right? Like, like Paige cannot wear Christine's flight attendant outfit on the soccer field. And vice versa, if Christine wore this on the plane, she'd be fired. And people would be like, why are you handing me cookies? You're a normal person, right? Why are you so nice to me? Usually strangers aren't nice. You are friendly. <laughs> right? We can't, we can't mix these up. Or what if we mixed up like, um, what if we mixed up the scientist and the gardener? Right, she walks into the lab with contaminants, right? Because the, 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 the utensils have dirt and you have no idea where that comes from and now you've just ruined everything, right? And she shows up in the garden and she, what? what? Like, with a microscope? <laughs> you can't garden with a microscope, right? We're all mixed up. Like, they, they need to work in their job, right? She cannot, uh, Hannah, yes. You're just so businesslike. I forgot your name. Um, it reminds me of, have you seen the Lego movie? And the kid, he's like, business, 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 business. Okay, just me. It's fine. I quote Lego movies all the time. But if we switch these two, right, she's going to show up at an operating table and, like, get blood on her suit. That's so gross, right? And she, like, they're going to be like, doctor shows up in the office. They're like, what has gone wrong? Like, am I dying today? Right? Each outfit has a particular thing. And like example, again, like if Paige showed up on the soccer field in Christine's outfit, what is her coach gonna say? What are you doing? <laughs> Take that off, put on your soccer gear. Like you are dressed inappropriately for this game. Like you're not supposed to, it doesn't fit. It doesn't work. Each job has a specific outfit you're supposed to wear. Yeah? Yeah, all right. Occupational people, thank you so much. We'll be um, conducting job interviews after this, just in case you want one. Just kidding. So every particular job has a role. And every role has this outf has an outfit you need to wear. It has uh, something that fits with that job. And so we've been reading the last several weeks through the book of Colossians. And, the Colossians, is a, and Colossians is a book written, it's a letter, written by the Apostle Paul, who's writing scripture, to the church in Colossae. And he's actually giving them a job description. He's telling them what a Christ follower looks like. What is the job of a Christ follower? There's a job description and it's called Christ follower. And so if you're in this room and, and back in chapter one, Paul says in one six that you have heard 
the word of the truth and you have believed it, that you understood and believed the grace of God in truth, your job description has changed to Christ follower. So if every job has an appropriate outfit, you don't wear scrubs in the soccer field, you don't wear soccer clothes into the operating room, what does a Christ follower look like? Does he wear a robe and sandals and grows out a beard? I can't grow a beard. I don't know if I would if I could. <laughs> Gross. Uh, maybe he carries little sheepy sheeps on his shoulders? Yes! I would love to carry sheep a sheep. Otherwise known as a lamb. Thank you, Anthony. <laughs> um, or, I don't know, like has a shepherding staff. I don't think Jesus carried a shepherding staff. But is that what a Christ follower looks like? Is that what they wear? No, not literally. But we are going to see today that those who follow Jesus dress like Jesus. Those who follow Jesus dress like Jesus. So what does Jesus dress like? What is it, what is not appropriate to wear? What do you not wear as a Christ follower? What do you wear as a Christ follower? We're gonna look at each of those things. We're gonna do our own version, Colossians slash Christian version of what not to wear. Are you ready? I'm not gonna give you $5,000 though. I would keep it if I had it, sorry. <laughs> We're gonna do what not to wear, Christian style, but first... Before we get into what don't you wear and what do you wear, um, Paul is reminding us of this job description. What does it mean to be a Christ follower? So we're in Colossians chapter three tonight. If you're there, turn there. <clears throat> we'll have it up on the screens too. Colossians chapter three, this is what he says. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ who is your life appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. We see first that in Christ, we have a new life. We have a new job description. This is not just simply as like you've changed occupations that you were once working at Chick-fil-A and now you're working at a bank. I didn't have my Chick-fil-A people come up. Failed. It's okay, it's okay. I'll get a sandwich from you later. I just learned that they, I shouldn't do this. This is a rabbit trail. They hand bread the chicken in the restaurant. I didn't know that. It's amazing. Okay. It's, this is not a job change, right? This is not, you went to working at a restaurant, now you work at a bank and you have to wear different clothes. This is like, look at the language here. He says, you have died. For you have died and have been raised with Christ. It's not just a changing of a job. It's like that old person is dead, right? That old person who used to do those things is that as Christians, we declare this crazy radical thing that in my life, I was an enemy to God. I was the center of my life and I did what I want and I didn't really care if I injured anybody, but I was, I was the ruler of my own life. I was an enemy to God. But when Christ died for me, he took my old life to the grave with him. And when he rose from the dead, I have a new life in him. 
that our old self is dead, the old self is gone, and I have a new life, and this is what a Christ follower is. This is what a Christ follower believes. And this, guys, this is what we get to declare in baptism. So on Easter Sunday, there's gonna be a handful of people who are gonna in the tank. It makes that noise, especially if you have like good splash. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> splash dispersion. I was trying to say something scientific and nope, the scientist is <laughs> squinting at me. Right? Life, I have a new job description. There's something new that I am doing. But as any good like readers, English students, grammar students, look, look at these words a little bit closer. He says, oh, I went too far. He says, you have been. You have died. For a Christ follower who understands and believes the grace of God and truth, this is a past tense reality. It's not like you have to keep, it's not like you have to apply for the job of a Christ follower and then like go to the interview process and then hope you get a call back and then have another interview process and then hope for another call back. And have, no, like those who have, who have heard and understood the grace of God and truth and believed in him, we're a Christ follower. It has been done. That, that old self has that and it has been raised. And so this new person has new sight. We think about things that are of God. We cast our eyes on things that are higher. Every day in our life, we're so tempted to keep our eyes down in the mud. Like, I have no idea what's gonna happen next. I'm so stressed about this and I don't know what tomorrow holds and I don't even know what the next hour holds. And we just, we get so stuck in these things. And he says, cast your eyes up. As Christ followers, not only do we believe that we can live a new life, but that we live in light of eternity, that the stuff that we run into day to day is not as important as the eternal perspective of what God is doing. And so we cast our eyes above to what? To Christ, to Jesus. He's sitting at the right hand of God. And Look at it, it says our life is hidden with Christ and God. There is nothing in this life that you can encounter that will ever touch that. There's nothing in this life that you can encounter that will ever ruin that or take you out because your life is hidden with Christ in God. And so Paul here, he's saying, look up, Christ follower, look up. Christ is there, your hope is there, your future is there. Nothing can prevent that. We seek those things. We put our minds on those, our minds on those things. And so my first question for you tonight is what are you seeking after? What are you seeking after? What are you looking for? Like when you first open your eyes in the morning, like what's the first thing you think about? As you're falling asleep at night, like what are you thinking about to fall asleep? What are the things that, man, if this doesn't happen today, it was a bad day. All right, what, are, what are we seeking after? What are we looking for? Because in our new job, in our new job description as a Christ follower, we keep our eyes on Jesus. 
But what does that mean? Because we still live here. You're like, okay, if Christians believe that I was dead and now I have a new life, but I'm still here, right? I'm still in the same skin and I'm sitting in the same city and I and live in the same house and I go to the same school and I have the same friends. So what does it mean? What does it mean to live here, but to have a new life? And that's what we're gonna look at. There are appropriate clothing, and there's not appropriate clothing to wear as a Christ follower. There's a, there's a job that we play, and there's a way to wear it. So first, before um, we talk about what our outfit as a Christ follower looks like, we gotta look at what do we take off? What's the inappropriate uniform um, that we take off? What is not um, what we wear to our job? So let's look at this. Yes, reminder, first point. Christ, we have new life. Check this out. He says, put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. And these two you once walked when you were living in them, but now you must put them all away. Anger and wrath and malice and slander and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge after the image of its creator. Here, there's not Greek or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. To live this new life that we have in Christ means that there's no more of the old life. This new life means that there's no more of the old life. And so he says, put it away. He says, put it, I mean, look at this language again. He says, put to death, like put it to death. Like what if we talked like to each other that way? You're like, yeah, so I know that I should not be spending so much time on like Instagram. Like I just get on there and I just like start scrolling and then I hit the explore page and I find all and put it to death. And you're like, ah, wow, it's strong language, right? And he says, put it to death. Like all of these things, put it to death. Like I'm gonna start saying that to you anytime you're like, I should like, I'm just gonna start shouting, put it to death. No, that's a little crazy. He says, put it to death, put these things away. So what do we put away? Um, Imagine this with me. You go in for a job interview. Anybody actually had a job interview? Nice, impressed, great. How many of you would love a job interview? Yes. All right, so here's the thing. You go into a job interview, and you sit down in Jacob's office, and uh, I don't know if he's hiring right now. <laughs> so you go in and you are ready. You, you've sent in the application. Somehow they've accepted your application. You are somehow, I have confidence in you. I do, I really do. Um, they've accepted your job application. They're moving you through to an interview. And so you are like, you're looking good. You look like Hannah, right? You like, you got some good slacks on. You got your blazer. You're like put together. You like brushed your hair today. Good job. You like brushed your teeth too. Also important. And you're like looking good. And you just, you do well, right? You dressed well. You interviewed well. You nailed all those questions. And you're like, I'm the best worker ever. And you get the job. Woo. Yes, congratulations. You get the job. And so they're like, all right, um, fill out all this paperwork, taxes, and you sign stuff. And they're like, and your first day of work is Monday at 10 a.m. You're like, all right. 
So then you show up Monday at 10 a.m. as if you were still a poor high school student with no job, a.k.a. you wear your favorite sweatpants that, like, has the hole in it that you have to, like, hide with the T-shirt, you know? You wear your favorite T-shirt that's so worn you can't, like, even see, like, the lettering on it anymore, you know? Or, like, I don't even know what that was from, but it's, like, your favorite, and you wear it all the time, and, like, you, you, you didn't need to brush your hair today. It's okay. And, like, ah, uh, I think I brushed my teeth. I'm not sure. All right? And you show up first day on the job looking like that? What do you think your manager's going to do? They're like, What? What, like, that is not the person I hired. That is not, this is not what you wear to work, right? That is like, that's your like old couch surfing life. Like, you have a job now, like dress like you have a job. And so this is the same language that Paul is getting across here of like, you and I, we were dirty sinners, right? We still are sinners, but... We are like rags and, and just in our filth and enemies towards God. And we wore all of these things that we're going to talk about. And Christ like saves us. He makes us a part of his family. We're in this. And he says, don't wear that anymore. Like, why are you wearing, like, don't wear that anymore. That's like, that's not your job anymore. Like, you're a Christ follower. This is what, this is how we look. This is what we do. This is what it means to be a Christ follower. And so what does he tell us to put away? What are these things that we are to take off? Look at this. He says, so put to death all of these, these first six things here. He says sexual morality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. It's interesting, these first six um, are really interesting because they're all like tied together. All six of these have to do with what is in your heart. It's a big black heart. I'm really hoping he doesn't fall down. All of these, this is the heart. This is the center of the desires. And all of these things have to do with something sitting on the throne of your heart, ruling your heart, taking over the desires of your heart, that is something other than God. That's what this idolatry means. It's like there is something in my heart that is so much more significant, it rules my life, and it's not God. And some of the things he talks about is sexual morality. These are things, actions, thoughts, behaviors that deviate from God's good design of one man and one woman and one covenant for one lifetime. That is God's design, and that's God's plans. That means all of these things that deviate from that, it's, it comes from a, 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 a desire in our heart that's wrong, right? This is like having sex outside of marriage, pornography, like even like newsflash, making promises that you can't keep outside of marriage. I will never leave you. I will never hurt you. What? <laughs> what? It's the things that put another human being and our desire for that, a desire for need to be felt, a need to be met above God. 
he says impurity, these are mixed desires. These are desires that, um, like, uh, one example I was thinking of is like, you know when you do something like super nice for someone? You're like super generous and like you go out of your way for someone, but the only reason you're doing it is because you want them to like think you're awesome. You're like, I'm so generous, I'm so humble. Ah, a little bit of a mixed motive there. Right, passion, these are strong, felt emotions, strong lust, strong cravings for things. That's what this evil desire is. Strong craving for something that you shouldn't have. And then lastly, uh, covetousness, which is a hard word to say, by the way, I've been practicing. But it means greed, greed. It's like, I just, I want and I need, and I need this met, I need this need to be met, and I need to look this way because I need them to think of me this way, and I need to do this thing because... I want people to respect me and I need to excel in this because I want to be the best at this and I need this and I need this and I need this and I need this person in my life and I need to have a person in my life at all times. And it's just, I, I need it. And it's these desires that eat at us and weigh on us. And he says, like, what rules your heart? Ultimately, he's asking, what rules your heart? What controls your passions and your desires? Because if what is ruling your heart is anything other than God, it will leave you stranded. It will leave you with nothing. At some point, it will fail you. And you'll be left with nothing. So he says, put these off. Put these off. This isn't you anymore. You don't dress like this. This isn't your identity because we have a new center, and it's Christ. He lists some other things here. He says, put them all away, including anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk. So it's interesting how what comes from your heart comes out your mouth. This is gonna fall off his face. Ha, 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 ha. I also think I made my illustration too tall for me because I'm short. <clears throat> There's this interesting thing, and Jesus talks about this in the New Testament, that it's not what comes in a person, it's not what you eat that makes you unclean, it's what comes out of your heart. And out of your heart, your mouth speaks. So, as we asked, what rules your heart? What do your words tell you about what's in your heart? And he lists these things. He lists this anger. Are you just like always irritated with the things around you? Like irritated with people and irritated with stuff? Are you known for like complaining or picking on things or pulling out? Or when anger explodes in a violent eruption, right? Wrath. Ooh. Oh. Right? So... Like, this is, uh, guys, like, my card's here. This is, like, my thing. Like, I just, like, I just, exp I'm like, oh, how could you, and how dare you, and why do you think, I just, are you an exploder of anger and violent emotion? Malice. You're like, I have never used or seen the word malice in my life. Let me explain it to you. Malice is using your words to intentionally injure another person. And another newsflash, you get applauded when you do this, right? Like in your schools, if you have a good roast, 
if you have a good comeback, if you have a good, like, if you get the upper word on someone, if you make, if you belittle someone in front of a group, if you insult someone, it's applauded. And he's saying, not in this job description, <laughs> not as a Christ follower. We don't use our words to injure. And here's the other half of this one. Malice and slander are put together. Malice is injuring someone to their face. Slander is injuring someone behind their back. Using words to tarnish, to uh, make someone's reputation or name look bad. Oh, I can't believe she said that. Do you know what she said to me the other day? Oh my gosh, do you know what she did to me? Oh, okay, so this thing happened, and yeah, I don't know if we're gonna be friends anymore. You don't even have to say words. Someone could be like, hey, I met a new person. His name is John. And you're just like, John. <laughs> Reputation tarnished, right? Slander, malice. He says abusive language. These all tie together a language. Words that come out of your mouth. He says obscene talk in the text, if you're paying attention. But it translates as abusive language. Words that are intentionally meant to injure, and then he wraps all of it in, or ties the bow with lying, using your words for false, false words to deceive. And he looks at all these things and he says, put it off. Like, put it to death. Put it to death. This isn't who you are. Just as Paige should not wear Christine's flight attendant outfit on the soccer field. This is not what a Christian looks like. This is not what a Christ follower does. Like we don't use our words to injure one another. We don't applaud one another when we've roasted another human being. Oh, oh, I practiced. And again, like, it's gonna look different than the world around you because you get applauded for these things. He says, take out the center of your heart that has other desires other than God. Like, this is not who you are. Put it off, throw it off. And the reality is, is that God is going to come and finish his kingdom where all of this does not exist anymore. Where he's going to end the abuse of one another, the violence against one another, the tension with one another. He says, on account of these things, the wrath of God is coming. He is coming to bring justice against these things. Will you be found wearing it or will you put it off? Because if you're wearing this, when he comes, he's gonna take care of it. He says, put it off, put it to death. But remember, if you are a Christ follower, you don't put it off to become a Christ follower. You put it off because you are a Christ follower. Look at this. He says, you once walked in these things. You were living in these things, but you have put them off and you have put on the new self. The very powerful Holy Spirit that can raise a three day dead human being from the grave has the power to put this out of your life, to change our hearts. So it's not appropriate to wear 
my volleyball gear in the surgical room. It's not appropriate for a Christian to wear this. This is not what a Christ follower wears. Have you ever um, been at a grocery store and mistaken someone for someone that works there? Have you ever done that? You're like, excuse me, where's the bread? And they're like, it's over there, but I don't work here. And you're like, oh, sorry. I hate grocery shopping. I get really stressed out in the aisles. And I already have a hard time talking to strangers. I know. I have a hard time talking to strangers. And then when you talk to the wrong stranger, oh, come on. It's rough, right? There are certain outfits. Like, they just look like they work there. Back when I um, was working at the library, I was like the youngest person like on the staff at the time. I got hired at 18. Um, I had no degree. Almost everybody was 10 years older than me with at least a bachelor's if not a master's degree. Because believe it or not, to be a librarian, you have to have a master's degree. Did you know that? It's true. You're not impressed, but it's true. And so I always, always got mistaken as a volunteer. I'd be like at the help desk and I'd be like, hey, how can I help you today? And they're like, do you work here? And I'm like, I do work here. And they're like, are you a volunteer? And I'm like, no, I work here. And they're like, can I talk to someone who works here? And I'm like, I work here. <laughs> but I look so young that I don't look like I work there. So I decided I have to start dressing like I have a job. <laughs> I have to start dressing like an adult, like I work here, so I don't get mistaken for these things. And the reality is, is that you will be noticed by the way that you look. And so do we look like non-Christ followers? Do we look like people who live for ourselves or do we look like Christ followers? Around here in Citizens, you're gonna hear phrases like, hey, like, like we don't do that here. Like, hey, like, that's just not us. Like, hey, like, those of you Snapchatting your friends right now, like, we don't do that here. Why? Because we have a different center in our heart, right? We believe that the Bible is a priority for us. We have a different center of our heart. It's not myself, it's God. But what is this, does this mean that we all like literally look the same? Like you have to dress the same? Or like you have to have the same personality? Or like you have to have the same hobbies? No, look at this. He says here, there is not Greek and Jew, circumcised, uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all and is in all. Like, there's this crazy thing that happens in Christian community that all of us are different, but we're the same. Like, we're different in our hobbies and our personalities and all these things, and it doesn't matter what we are, where we came from, or what our heritage is, or what our status is in the world, because Christ is all. Christ is at the center of our hearts. Christ is in all. He's the one that unifies us, that brings us together. He's the reason that we changed our job description. He's the reason that we put on new clothes. He's the reason that we are Christ followers. He's the center of it all. So what does it mean? If, if in Christ we have a new life, and if in our new life it means we get rid of the old life, how do we look like Jesus? How do Christ's followers dress like Jesus? How do we dress like Jesus? Let's look at our last chunk of verses here. He says, put on then as God's chosen holy ones, 
chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all this, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you are called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell richly in you, teaching and admonishing one another with all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your heart to God. And whatever you do, in word or in deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. A new life means that we live for a new purpose. Like, new life means we live for a new purpose. And I love this, like, I love the way Paul talks. Because right before he's going to tell us all the things to put on, he pauses and says this phrase. He says, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved. Before he even tells you like what it is you're supposed to wear, he has like a, like a Simba moment with Rafiki. Like, remember who you are. Does anybody know The Lion King? Yeah. <laughs> They're remaking it, okay? You'll see it someday. <laughs> right? He says, remember who you are. He says, you are chosen ones, holy and beloved. You don't use this word beloved probably regularly. You're like, good morning, beloved. Good evening, beloved, right? You'd probably not go around saying beloved. What it means is you are dearly, dearly, dearly loved. He pauses to say, hey, you Christ follower, you've been chosen by me. You've been set apart for me, and I love you so much. Imagine having a conversation with your parents that you've like, you know your parents do the whole like, okay, we need to like sit down and talk. And all of a sudden your brain starts racing. You're like, okay, um, what have I done that they would know about? Um, why, like, is this something that happened this week or like last this month or maybe happened today or what could they be telling me about or maybe something's happening in the family like maybe someone's like gonna die or something I don't know or like maybe they thought I did something that I didn't even do like what if they're about to blame me for it? and you just start racing right your mind just starts racing and your anxiety goes up and you like get to the moment of like the family meeting and you like sit on the couch and you're not like sitting on the couch you're like sitting on the couch you're like and like I'm about to fight or flight mode. Like I'm either gonna punch them in the face or run out the door, maybe both. You know, and you're just like stressed. You're on the edge of your seat. You have no idea what they're gonna say. Like you don't know if you're gonna get your phone taken away or like if they're gonna disown you forever. You don't even know what you did, but they're probably gonna disown you, right? And before they even say a single word to you about whatever it is you did, they just go, hey, I just want you to know like, your father and I, your mother and I, like, we love you so much. Like, a lot. Like, we love you a lot. And there's nothing that you have done or could ever do that would ever break that. Like, we just love you. That changes the conversation, right? Maybe you, like, breathe a little, relax a little, because you're loved. 
And this is the whole dynamic between this putting on and putting off things of like, we are God's children. Like those of us who have understood the gospel and believe the grace of God in truth, we are Christ followers. We are loved by him. And we don't put these things off because we're trying to prove something to God. And we don't put things on because we're trying to prove something to God. We are God's. We belong to him. And this is what his family looks like. His family doesn't look like this. His family looks like this. So look at these things with me. He says, with compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, patience, bearing with one another, and if anyone has a complaint, forgiving each other with love and peace and thankfulness. So what does this job of a Christ follower look like? What do we wear? Oh, don't look at that side. <laughs> we have a new heart. We literally have a new heart. That's a biblical motif. Tribes, you know this. We just did all this. You have a new heart. God's given us a new heart. He's taken away our old heart of sin and he's given us a new heart. He says compassionate hearts. This is a heart that's filled with mercy. This is a heart that is tender. Again, like it's cool to have a hard heart, right? Like the cool thing to do is like stand aloof and like not care about anyone and like nothing makes me cry my own tears and like not have any compassion or care. It's like not cool to have a soft heart, but put it off. Put it to death because that's not what a Christ follower looks like. They have soft, tender, compassionate hearts. They, ooh, they have gentleness. They use their hands for good. When they talk to people, they think about how they're impacting them. They're gentle with them. It's the opposite of the abusive language, of the language that wants to injure and language that wants to hurt. They're gentle. And not only are they gentle, but they're kind. We as Christ followers, we have new hearts of compassion. They're tender. We live as gentle, kind people. It is not weak to be kind or gentle. It's weak to always be on the attack, but to be kind and to be gentle and to care about those around us. This is what a Christ follower looks like. This is what we put on. This is who you are. There's two here um, that I'm gonna put on the shoulders because they weigh really heavy. He uses this word called patience. But look at verse 13. He says, bearing with one another Patience has this feeling of like, you are persevering with another human being. Like, you're not waiting. Patience isn't waiting. You are striving to endure with one another. You're struggling with one another. And then look, he says, look at this, look at this. It's like he knows we're gonna have issues. It's like he knows we're gonna be different. Like we're gonna rub like friction against each other. Like your personality does not fit with my personality. And I don't like that. Look, he says, if one has a complaint against the other, you've never complained against somebody ever, have you? You probably did today, right? If one has a complaint against another, me too. What's our first reaction? Forgiving each other as Christ forgave us. So we must also forgive. Wait, what? 
my first reaction is to forgive and then to continue with that person. Like they injure me, I forgive them. They injure me again, I forgive them again. They injure me again, I continue to persevere with that person. What? And the clothes that I'm used to seeing, someone hurts you once, maybe you forgive them. Hurts you a second time, you cut them off out of your life. You stop talking to them. It's not what a Christ follower wears. Put that off. Christ follower bears with one another. They have humility. They have a right understanding of who they are in the light of the people around them. Right? So you don't think you're better than everybody else. You don't think you're above your neighbor. You don't think that someone is less than you. are like, I can't hang out with that person. Or like, I can't be seen with that person. Right? They have humility. They put others as more important than themselves. And then all of these things are wrapped together. It's a belt. This is what I try to do. It's like a belt, you know? Because like in your like outfit ensemble, like the belt like ties all together. Right? It's just like, it doesn't work, Courtney. It says, above all these things, put on love, which binds everything together. Why? Why do we have tender hearts? Why do we forgive? Why are we patient with another, one another, kind and gentle? Why have humility? Because of love. Because love saved us. And love is what keeps this community together. And what does this result in? There's two other things here. First of all, it results peace. He talks about being in one body. How stressful is this? Like, isn't it so fun to always be in contention with everyone around you? Like, isn't drama, like, super fun and, like, super peaceful, right? You just love, like, you know, hitting heads with other people and, like, complaining and, like, always being angry. This is so stressful, right? Like, as Christ followers, newsflash, we're stuck with each other for eternity. We might as well figure out how to get along, right? Like, it's so much more peaceful when we lead with forgiveness and kind words, as we say in Discovery Kids. Kind words and gentle hands. Peace with one another and peace with God. And that is the kind of community where I can say, thank God. Thank God. I'm thankful that God has given me the grace to forgive someone who's hurt me and who has forgiven me when I've hurt them. Thank God that he's given me the gentleness. When I want to attack with wrath and anger, he's given me the ability to be gentle and to be kind. Thank God that when we could be fighting, we see that Christ unites us and nothing else can divide us. And he unites us. This is a community that <clears throat> is full of peace and is thankful. And I want to ask us, like, do we look like this? Do we look like Christ? Do we lead with forgiveness instead of cutting people off? Do we lead with gentleness or do we lead with words that are intended to hurt? 
And this is going to look different than the people around you. Earlier at the beginning of the message, I said, I guarantee you there's clothes in your closet that you say, Psh, I would not wear that to school. Why? Because you don't want to be embarrassed or like stick out. Christ follower, you're going to stick out because you don't dress like this. People are like, what? Like, you don't have any drama in your life? Like, what? Like, someone hurt you and you forgave them? Like, what? We're going to look different. And so do we look different? Because of Christ, we have a new life. We put off the old. This isn't who we are. That's not who you are. Don't dress like that. That's inappropriate for your job. We're Christ followers. This is what we look like. But how do we put this on? Last things here, how do we put this on? Just really quick. Verse 16, he says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. I was thinking of this word richly, and it's like the difference between someone who makes a chocolate chip cookie that has like three chocolate chips in it. You're like, that's not a chocolate chip cookie, right? Versus like one that has like 17 in one cookie, right? That's richly. Let the word of Christ dwell in you like a 17 chip chocolate chip cookie. It's a beautiful thing. Let the word of Christ dwell in us richly. Why? Because the word shapes us. We're shaped by the word of God. It changes our hearts. It allows us to put on these things. The more that I'm in the word, the more I'm prone to be gentle than angry, kind rather than wrathful. Up in verse 10, he talked about this too. We kind of skipped over a little bit, but he says that we're being renewed in the knowledge after the image of our creator. By the word, our lives are shaped. This is why as this community, we prioritize biblical truth. That's why we spend so much time right here, right now, because this shapes us. This is so important. So we teach it, we speak it, we sing it. Holla, that's like the verse of like, all of our favorite music people, right? Singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. It's like biblical reasons to sing. Yes, you're not as excited as I am. We're gonna sing later and you can sing with me. We sing the truth, we speak the truth. We also, check this out, he says, be thankful with thankfulness in your hearts to God, giving thanks to God the Father. We, we are shaped by the word and we grow with gratitude. The only cure for a hard heart the only medicine to prevent a hard heart is gratitude. Is gratitude. Are we marked more from our complaining or for our thankfulness? Are we people of thankfulness, of gratitude? And lastly here, last words in our text today. He says, in whatever you do, your math homework, your sports, your instrument playing, you're talking to your sibling, you're riding the bus, and whatever you do in word or in deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus. Our new life means we live for a new name. We don't live for our reputation. We don't live for our life. Does our life make God known? Does it glorify him? Do we choose honesty or cheating? <laughs> Do we choose forgiveness or cutting someone off? How do we live our life in every sphere? So, Paul says, look up. 
This isn't your life anymore. You have a new life in Christ. And we put off the old. This isn't who you are. Take it off. Don't wear that uniform to the soccer field. It doesn't work. You need to run. Put on the right clothes. Put on the clothes of a Christ follower. We dress for the job. We dress like Jesus. So I ask you students tonight, do you dress like Jesus? Do you dress like Jesus? And as we come to a close here, are there things in your life, are there things here that you need to put off? Are there things in this category that say, man, this isn't, this isn't who I am. I need to put this off. Remember that first you are in Christ and by the power of his death and resurrection, you can put it off. Are there things over here that you're like, man, I need help with that. I need that. Same thing. It's yours in Christ. You already have it. He's already allowed you to put this off and put this on. So rest in him, trust in him, and lean into one of these things. Do you need to lean into the word? How often are you saturating your mind and your heart with the word of God? I promise you, even if it's Leviticus, it shapes your heart. I know this because it happened this week. It shapes the word. Our hearts are shaped by the word. Do you need to lean into gratitude? Challenge yourself to say thank you at least once a day, maybe twice. Wow. And we do everything for Jesus. What are spheres in your life where you can lean into that? The band's gonna come up, and I want you to think about these three areas here. What is one of those things that you can lean into this week? And know that, like, we're here to help you. Like, if you're like, I know I need to lean into the word and I have no idea where to start, I love helping you with that. If you know you need to grow in gratitude, tell someone. Have them ask you if you've said thank you for something a day. And remember that in all of this, it's because Jesus has already made us a Christ follower. Our job has already been changed. For those of us who believe, this is what we look like. This is what we put on. We dress like Jesus. This is what we look like. Welcome to citizens. Let me pray for us. Lord God, we thank you so much for your word. God, I thank you that it shapes us. God, that it changes us, that little by little, day by day, you're remolding us and reshaping us and changing our hearts to look more like Jesus. Lord, I pray for the things in our hearts, God, the things in my life that look like the old self, God, the anger and the, the language that hurts people, the abusive language, the things in my heart that I want more than you. God, would you help me to put it off? God, would you kill those things in me? God, would you make it possible for those things not to exist? God, would you help me to not live like the old self? God, would you help us to be a community that looks like Jesus? God, would you grow our hearts in forgiveness and patience, Lord, and gentleness and kindness. Give us tender, soft hearts. God, would you shape us? Would you help us? We cannot do this without you.
God, we need you. So, Lord, we thank you. We thank you that you do not leave us, that you are working in us, that you will continue to work in us and shape us, Lord. And so we do all that we do for your name, God. May every word that we speak, may everything that we do from the moment we wake up to the moment we go to bed be for your name. We thank you that you give us the strength to do that. God, I pray that this community, citizens, would look so different from the world around us because we dress like Jesus. I pray that someone would be able to notice, like, oh, that's a citizen, because they dress like Jesus.